0: Of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.comslash star today. Nobody said there's no gravity in space. This
1: is one of the biggest delusions that pervades our culture and our
0: storytelling. Yeah, Joe, why are you so delusional? <laughs> Welcome.
1: Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. Hey everybody, Neil deGrasse Tyson here,
0: and I'm Lindsey Nix Walker. And Neil and I, we just co-authored a brand new Star Talk book, and it's coming out very soon.
1: Yeah, this is the third in a series of collaborations with National Geographic Books, and this one is titled "To Infinity and Beyond," and it's available for pre-order from the Star Talk website, StarTalkMedia.com/books. If you pre-order it, you gain access to a live stream that Lindsay Walker and I will do from this office. And you have the occasion to submit questions that we will answer.
2: Yep, that's right. So if they go to startalkmedia.com
0: slash books, they can pre-order and ask us their query, whatever they want. I mean, I know that StarTalk fans can ask some really fun off-the-wall questions. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they come (laughs) up with here.
1: All right! Right now, get ready for the next episode of Star Talk. Neil deGrasse Tyson here, your personal astrophysicist, and I got with me Chuck. Nice, Chuck.
0: Yo, what's up, Neil?
1: Chuck, is this themed or is it uh, unthemed cosmic queries? What do you got for me today? This is completely unthemed. This
0: is oh, okay. Just, so grab bag. This
1: is grab bag. I think people like grab
0: bag. I, yeah, I, it seems that it feels like they, they get totally into it. You know why? Because it's kind of like, uh, you know, the prize in a Happy Meal or oh, a box yes. of crackers. Yes. You don't know what you're going to yes. get? It's, a, okay. it's, well, it's the third. Boris Gump of Star Talk no, shows. No, box of chocolates. Okay. It's the box of chocolates. Okay. Know? All right. I don't know what you're going to get. So let's get into it, I guess, right? Okay. We'll start with GR. So box
1: of chocolates. Who had the idea that you could improve chocolate? By putting a gooey liquid that's not chocolate inside
0: of it, this is a okay. this is one of the biggest mysteries of my life. Uh, I'm sure it was someone from the sugar industry. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm just, you don't I want just all that a nasty chocolate. No, yeah, that chocolate. Oh, look a gooey just, cherry. Right, let's, corn syrup, baby. That's what's, <laughs> That's where the action is. Chocolate. <laughs> Who wants that crap? Corn syrup, and it's probably yeah. at all cheaper than the chocolate that would have been in
1: that volume in all of oh, those candies.
0: A hundred percent, you know it. I, know. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, good chocolate is expensive, man. I know. There's a know. there's a great place not too far from where you live that they have like just tremendously like high grade chocolate. No, I know that and... place where they where like
1: they have a big window you can see like. It's like yeah. Willy Wonka or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: And, and good chocolate. Yeah, as a chocolate be making is... the
1: Easter bunnies coming off the assembly line, you know, <laughs> off the factory line.
0: Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. All, All right, here right. we go. So this this is GR. He says, when on Star Trek, they talk about subspace, what the hell are they talking about? Okay. Is so, it, is it just I, a look, plot device? Is subspace a real thing? What the hell is going on? Thank you, George Rader Radier. Okay. Radier. So, I,
1: so, my answer is, I don't know. We would need okay. Charles Lu for that. Okay. Chuck but what I can tell you is, yes, I think it was a plot device because otherwise they can't communicate with anybody. Okay. Right. okay? If you're across the galaxy and I send you a signal, you're going to wait 100,000 years for the signal to get you at the speed of light. So subspace is some way that I don't know and I don't understand. I, I don't care that it's not actually physical. I don't even know how it works within the world of Star Trek. But you know Charles Liu knows it. So we'd have to like do an emergency call to him. It's up on point. the line. But, but as a plot point, you need that because without it, how are they going to talk back to, you know, right. headquarters? Or the, because right. if you send a signal and they're halfway across the galaxy, that signal will take 50,000 years to reach them. Yes. And a round trip will take 100,000 years if one of them is in the middle of the galaxy and one is at the edge. So you need some way for signals to reach their destination right. as though you're just having a phone call with
0: them. And they're talking and in real time. On, on, basically on real time, sure. correct. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, so, yeah. It's like so. Uh, as I
1: understand it, subspace enables this; otherwise, communication would just be pointless and impossible. Right. Yeah, witty repartee yeah,
0: would not be a thing. We can't even talk to Voyager. Uh, Thirty-seven yeah, hours. Thirty-seven hours at a time. It takes us to talk to Voyager.
1: You yeah. Know? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, so they, so they had to figure out how to get around that.
0: Yeah, so, okay. So they did. That's it. Uh-huh. All right, George Radier or Radier, radier, whatever. George. It's not a whatever. It's the man's name. Well, whatever okay, I, his name. Oh, I, well, you know, you should have an easier name, George. I don't say a okay. uh, Chuke Nietzsche. Chuke or oh, whatever. No, I'm Chuck Nice. You see, that's I, it. I, I, I gotta tell you, I don't, I don't really mind the Chuke Nietzsche. <laughs> 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 I'm kinda I'm kinda digging the Chuke Nietzsche. Uh, <laughs> You know, you said it. It had a little ring to it. I got. <laughs> I, 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 I got to be honest.
1: Because in Italian, a C is a C H, and a C H is a C sound, right. right? So
0: C H E is K in Italian, K. and C E is ch. It ch- or it's or ch. So yeah. We'll call you Nietzsche. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah uh, Nietzsche. There we go. This is the artist formerly known as James Smith, and James says. Hey, Neil. Hey, Chuck. James from Indianapolis here. So in the very far future, when a black hole is done with Hawking radiation, what is left over once the black hole is gone? Does the space in which the black hole occupied have a large rip in it? Or is the space around the black hole reverted into the form which was there before the black hole was formed? Thanks, guys. So does Great. black hole do something to the fabric of space where it makes a divot?
1: Does a black hole leave to, a, a paw print? A, 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 paw, print where, a paw print. Like the black hole was here, right? Right. You know, or did it pee yeah. in that section of the universe <laughs> keep walking?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Another black hole comes along, sniffs it, and goes, "Okay, <laughs> I either got to mark this or move on." Huh. <laughs> so, so
1: uh, it is an actual, literal evaporation. I mean by a different mechanism, of course, by Hawking radiation. But the, So, the, the size of the event horizon, ah, right. as the black hole shrinks from Hawking radiation, the size of the event horizon shrinks with it. It gets smaller mm. and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. Mm-hmm. And the nature of the radiation that comes out right. is you can approximate it by the wavelength of the light that it emits is approximately the same size as the size of the event horizon itself. Oh, wow. So big black holes give off radio waves as Hawking radiation. As they get smaller and smaller, they give off higher and higher energy light. So radio waves and microwaves, then um, infrared, then red, orange, yellow, green, blue, violet. ultraviolet, X-rays, gamma rays. So the gamma rays have the tiniest wavelengths. So as the black hole gets littler and littler and littler, the evaporation rate increases And the nature of the Hawking radiation changes to become higher and higher energy radiation. Did not know that! Yes. So that in the last instant, it's just a puff of gamma rays. And then it disappears completely. That's amazing. And in fact, I think the original paper, one of the original papers of Hawking, describes this as a source of gamma rays
0: in the universe that you might observe. Right, 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 right. That's really cool. Yeah. Man, so it is a literal evaporation, like a, a pool of water drying up. Go, go, except you, it might leave some residue, like mineral right.
1: residue or something. Black hole leave no residue. There's alone. nothing. There's nothing. Right. Correct. Cool. Wow. Now the weird wow. thing is, black holes. There's some mathematics derived from Einstein that tells us that on inside a black hole, it opens up to another universe, another space time system. And so if that's the case, what happens to
0: that universe when the black hole evaporates? Nice. Whoever was smoking weed in that universe <laughs> overs up and it's over. That little <laughs> universe is gone. I saw that universe <laughs> before. I can't believe I saw this universe, man. It was just right there in my thumb. So you're and gonna write I'll... a book, The Universe According to Weed. Is that what you Yes? <laughs> it's a good book. <laughs> I'll call it astrophysics for stoners in a hurry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, that's so funny. No, All no, right. for those who ain't in a hurry. Oh, yes, I never yes, see anybody right, high right, in a right, hurry. That's right, that's You'd right. That's true. You never see anybody rushing when they're high. That mm-hmm. is so very... Urgency is not a matter when you are stoned. Plus, so. I've been in a car where the person driving was stoned, and it's like...
1: You're driving real slow. <laughs> funny thing, it feels Let me safe. stay on the right-hand side. I'll Drive
0: real slow, so that no one will know I'm high. <laughs> <laughs> of course, everybody and everybody knows. Like, yeah, clearly, as they're as, as tricycle pass you, they know that you are huh, tricycles Kid on a tricycle passes you. You know, okay, this dude is stoned. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. All, All right. right, what's next? All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. All right, this is David Sargent. Uh, and he says, and speaking of driving, look at what he says. Things star talk make me contemplate while I'm driving. With the size of planets affecting space-time, i.e. gravity, would cultures of huge planets, say the size of Jupiter, only solid, have everything in life moving slower? Slow music, for example, or in the opposite extreme, a tiny planet, everything moving fast. Uh, so there you go.
1: Yeah, so he's talking about general relativity. What's the person's name again? Uh, This is David Sargent. David Sargent. Uh, So so he's talking about, he knows, maybe he might remember from the Interstellar film where they went down to a black hole planet and they were deep in a gravitational well. And if you were in an environment of high gravity, time will tick more slowly for you than if you're in a place of low or no gravity. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's relative, okay? Right. So, So planets, their gravity is not high enough for any of the big planets, little planets is not high enough for any of this to make any important difference in anybody's mm-hmm. life. So don't confuse the fact that the black hole planet in the film Interstellar was in the
0: gravitational well of the black hole About itself. the black hole. Exactly. So the, black, not the, planet. the black hole was doing the work, not the
1: planet. The black hole was doing the, the time dilation rather than the planet itself. So I, if you're just talking about planets orbiting the same star or regular star, this is not something to think about or worry about.
0: Gotcha. Now, what about in Star Trek where the people from heavy gravity planets are super strong? Would, okay. Would that be feasible? That can happen, okay. That can happen. That could because happen.
1: you whatever you weigh here on Jupiter, I so so if you weigh let's say 150 pounds here, you weigh 500 pounds on a on a planet. And so if you are thriving there, you'll have muscles that will accommodate this extra weight of your body. You'll have really thick, stubby legs, like uh, I mean, think about it. <laughs> if you want to be wow. if you want to be heavy, you need stub like a hippopotamus. Right. You know, like an elephant. Right. Now, a giraffe is big, but they're not really all that heavy. Right. So they can get away with these spindly legs. I'm talking about big, chunky, right. you know. So if you put a giraffe on a heavy planet, break its legs. It'll cr- it'll, yeah, it crush itself. Crush itself. Right. Correctly. Whereas a, a hippo probably do just fine. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> don't, you <Yeah>. don't know. <laughs> so yeah so you'd have to your physiology would have to be strong enough to accommodate that and then you come to a a light planet like Earth and you would be stronger than other people probably is my guess
0: I am from Jupiter okay
1: (laughs) 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 in a movie uh, oh what was the movie this kid was born on Mars the space between us um there was an astronaut. It takes about nine months to get to Mars. There was an astronaut who got on board, and I don't remember the plot line whether she knew or did not know if she was pregnant. Okay. Oh. Or she like made love the night before she went off. But anyhow, right. she gives birth on Mars. And NASA has to keep that covered up because you, you know, you can't. So this kid was a secret kid raised on Mars. And then they brought him back, like in his teens. And the Earth gravity was like so heavy because Mars you weigh less, so right. he was feeling the stress of Earth's gravity. Right. And yeah, that actually
0: sounds like my life. <laughs> Stop. I too had a secret kid. <laughs> I forgot all about that.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah. with, with, with the that's,
0: maze. That's right. With the maze. That's right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Chuck. So well, Hamps, this is huh? why, you don't, why like, you, don't, you don't let nothing go by here. No, no. Well listen, I I he look, god God bless him. That's all I can say.
2: Games rated E for everyone. I'm Joel Cherico, and I make pottery. You can see my pottery on my website, cosmicmugs.com.
1: Cosmic Mugs, art that lets you taste the universe every day. And I support Star Talk on Patreon. This is Star Talk with Neil deGrasse Tyson.
0: Why uh, Koss says this. Hello, Neil. What's up, Chuck? Uh, could the universe have started off with a much higher initial entropy? If so, how would the universe have been different? Also, what's, what, what's entropy?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks a million. <laughs> I love right. that. that. That's pretty funny.
1: Okay, so... <laughs> uh, ent- um, entropy is um, we quantify it in physics but in a, in a spoken way entropy is a way to measure how disordered a system is so if you, if, let's take you have a, a rectangular box and there's air inside the box and I take all the air and shove it to one half the box okay and the other it, set part of the box there's like there's nothing okay that is more ordered than it would become if I remove the separator from the middle of that box. Because you know, if I remove the separation,
0: what would happen? All oh, the air would just rush all over the place, and all yeah, the it, was, right. it, it become the air would become like evenly spread. spread. Right? Yeah,
1: yeah, it would just become evenly spread throughout. And so, because right. the air would just do that naturally, that is going from a high ordered state to a lower ordered state. Gotcha. And, and another one. I have a, 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 a glass of water, right? and I take a drop of ink, and I drop it into one corner of the one little bit. And in that moment, there's ink here, and there's water everywhere else. There's an ordering to that, okay? Because you can point to something here, and it's not there, and that's over there, and it's not over here. You give it time, the ink dissipates. Gets into... all caught up in everything. Every All the molecules take it in, mm. and
0: the ink gets completely spread. In my that's high school... Why we don't, that's why we don't want no ink moving in our neighborhood. Because that's how it happens. That's how it happens. Starts off with one little house, one little ink house. One little ink house, then before you know you got four or five ink houses in your neighborhood. Hey, what's going on here? Now what's happening to the schools? Oh, wait a minute. So in my high school...
1: All right. We had this huge uh, cylinder. They call it graduated cylinder. Right. Okay. Those, those are the educated ones, the graduated cylinder. <laughs> it's an old joke. <laughs> the an old science joke. Anyhow, so we had a huge, it was like three feet tall. It was huge. And it was in one of the display cases. In most high schools, in their display case, what do you find? Trophies. Trophies of the sports. Right. But my high school was the Bronx High School of Science. There were no sports trophies. That's funny. So so there's a huge graduated cylinder, and there was a layer of ink at the bottom, and they slowly put water on top of it. And throughout the year, you would watch the ink work its way up into this cylinder. So it was like a living exhibit of the diffusion of, of one liquid into another. Nice. Rather than just stir it, of course. Stir it you will know, right. anyway, yeah. So it'll do that naturally. It'll become higher disorder than it previously had. So that's entropy. Okay. Okay. So we were very highly ordered at the beginning of the universe. Right. Because all the matter, energy was all in one place, in one very localized place. As right. stuff expands, it's like the gas going into the other half of the thing, like the ink going into the thing. The entropy, um, uh, so it was highly ordered. And so then we go to high disorder as the universe expands. And so there you have it. And the end of the universe is total total disorder. No order at all. There'll be no machines, no phenomenon. Because if there's a phenomenon, it means there's order to make the phenomenon. Make it happen, happen. right. Okay. If everything is completely Mm -hmm. spread out, Nothing can happen. So we will die. A, 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 the, the universe will end not with a bang, but with a whimper. Mm. And not in fire, but in ice. Look at that. As the temperature cools. So anyhow, I mean, you can't get more ordered than the universe occupying less than the size of an atom. So I, you can't really adjust that. That's, right. Okay? Because everything is very localized.
0: Okay? Okay. So there you go. Uh, that's it. All right. Oh, by the way, this, the, the
1: disorder is natural in a closed system. So that box is a closed system. You can reverse entropy if you add energy to it. Okay? Oh. We are alive and our molecules and are scattered all over the world. We are a higher, a higher uh, order of things than what preceded us here on Earth, okay? So religious communities for the longest while who knew a little bit about this entropy rule of thermodynamics said, see, we have order and that's against the second law of thermodynamics and so therefore God made us. So you don't hear them give that argument anymore because some of them, one of them must have taught the others after they took some physics
0: that Earth is not a closed system. You can't get a closed system and have sunlight. Yes, exactly. I mean, (laughs) we we could only be a a closed system with a giant umbrella. (laughs) Correct. Correct. Completely enclosed
1: Earth. And watch what happens. All right? So you take out the base of the food chain, which are all the plants that are undergoing photosynthesis. Then you kill all of the animals that depend on the plants. So all the herbivores, the, the plants die first, then the herbivores, then the animals that live off the herbivores, the predators, they die. And we all die and decompose in the earth.
0: And there you have entropy at work. Look at that. That's, that's the coolest explanation of entropy I've ever heard.
1: <laughs> 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 and there's a way to quantify it with equations. But uh, Okay. Yeah.
0: Very cool, man. All right, here we go. This is Christian Holmes. And Christian Holmes says, Hello, Dr. Tyson. Lord, nice. I have a question about time. I recently learned from watching Dr. Brian Greene that the fabric of space-time emerges from quantum entanglement. This explains that space is woven of quantum wormholes. But does that mean time emerges also? If so, what collection of quantum phenomena does time emerge from? Or is time merely the passing of one quantum phenomena to the next? I really appreciate both of your thoughts. Hey, thank you, Christian from Pennsylvania. So So there you have it. Um, I too
1: only recently learned from Brian Greene the recent thinking, this this emergent thinking that the virtual particles in the vacuum of space that pop in and out of existence, that they're quantum entangled while they are separated. And that quantum entanglement may itself be the thread that stitches Mm -hmm. the fabric of the space-time continuum. But notice I said space-time. So is it also stitching time? And I don't know the latest thinking on that. But if time, according to Einstein, was invented to make motion look simple, then time is just something we create to to, to, to measure the flow, to, to measure sequences of events, to know what happened before what, and the intervals that separated these events from those. So in that sense, I don't know if time is a fundamental property of space-time or whether we've right. attached it afterwards. I
0: don't know. Interesting. Oh, uh, man. I well, look know. at that, Christian. There you have it. Um, uh, now you got, you got some deeper looking to do. That's all. You gave Neil <laughs> some homework, Christian. <laughs>
1: no, if, if, could one of these threads be the time thread? You know, I I don't know. right? What I do know is threads you can always unweave. Whereas for time, as I've said before, we are prisoners of the present. Right. Forever transitioning between our inaccessible past and our unknowable future.
0: Interesting. Let me ask you this. If we're prisoners of time, which we are, of course, meaning that, you know, we can't go back, undo things, and go forward again you know where our our prisoner our our prison is one direction what about dimensionally let's say i'm a higher being in a higher dimension could i screw with our time in this yeah.
1: lower dimension there's no reason why you wouldn't so for example you're you're inside a room there where you're doing this recording right so if you had access to a higher dimension so you could see the timeline Right. Then you're no longer a prisoner. You can just you can just I can pick a point in the timeline and do whatever. That's right. So so I'll give an example. So if let's say you're an ant and you're living in just two dimensions, and I draw a box around you, sorry, a square around you, you're in prison. You can't get out until the ant learns. Wait a minute. There's a third dimension. Let me just go up into that third dimension, step out of
0: the square, and I'm free from this prison. I can't believe you're saying don't... this. I just saw this online 2 days ago where somebody what? put an ant on a white piece of paper as the ant crawled they took a ballpoint uh fountain pen and they drew and wherever they drew the ant would not go. It thought that it was blocked from going there.
1: Really? Okay.
0: Yeah. So cool. Like an edge.
1: Okay. So there it is. So it does so it has it is not thinking of a third dimension to go up and around right. and over it. So you can imprison two-dimensional creatures with a square. Okay? Right. Cuz they don't know about the third dimension. Now, I am ju- we can imprison three-dimensional creatures with, with a, a cube. cube okay? I right. put you in the cube. Unless you have access to your timeline. If you had access to your timeline, if you step into the timeline, occupy a timeline when you're not in the cube, go back into your timeline and you just escaped. And you never had to open a door or a window
0: of your room to do so. Amazing. I love it. There it Super is. Super cool. There you go. All right. Okay, cool. All right, let's move on. This is uh, C. Spinos. Uh, and C. Spinos says, Could black holes just be wormholes? I mean, do we just don't know? I'm just thinking out loud, guys. So I think he wants uh,
1: black holes to be
0: wormholes. He, I think that's what he really wants is for yeah, black holes yeah. to be wormholes
1: there was more work done on wormholes, especially inspired by Carl Sagan's novel, Contact, when he was buds with with Kip Thorne, a a relativist physicist, astrophysicist at Caltech, where you, you run through more of the equations and you can, in principle, just punch a wormhole through the fabric of space without reference to a black hole or a white hole. But, you need some way to pry open space and keep it there. So you need like negative, negative matter that can pull open space rather than collapse space. And so that works. Our equations give it to you, but we don't know any substance such as negative matter. So, so wormholes are really just, for now, the realm of science fiction.
0: There you go. Look at that. Yeah. But they, but they do work out mathematically. That's fascinating. Yes, they I do. Mean, yes, they do. Yeah, that's super cool, man. That is just super cool. All right, this is Anthroposcopic Dylan. Love and it. An anthroposcopic, I'm sorry, Anthropocosmic. Anthropocosmic Dylan. Okay. Greetings, Dr. Tyson and Dr. Comedy. Neil, build off of your past Star Talk episodes. Can you talk about the lineage of the stars? How are the elements that we are made of connected to our sun's generation, or put another way, the cosmic and stellar evolution of the universe? Thank you, Dylan, from San Diego. I love it. So in my, in my field, we've binned
1: the star populations into three, three four, yeah, four groups. And just, so with Roman numerals. Except we have a zero, and the Romans didn't have a zero, right? So there's right. no zero in Roman numerals. No zero in Roman. That's why there's no right. zero in the Julian calendar, where they try to put the birth of Jesus at the beginning of the calendar. There's no right. zero. It went from one BC to AD one. So, but right. anyhow, you don't know, invented the zero, or the uh, Hindus invented uh-huh. the zero, uh-huh. and then it it migrated to Baghdad, and then the Arabs did great things with it, and you know, fully developing algebra and uh, another thing. Bam! That's a whole other aside. So... Nice. So, the first stars in the universe, we call those Population 3. Okay? Population, population three. 3. Yes. Well, sorry. The stars right here, we call those Population 1. Okay? okay. Population okay. 1. All right. What does that mean? It's, stars like the sun have a certain amount of heavy elements in it. You can measure them. How much iron, silicon, nitrogen, oxygen? Heavier than hydrogen and helium. Okay. Mm -hmm. As we looked in certain parts of the galaxy, we found stars that had way less heavy elements. We call those Population 2.
0: Population 2.
1: These did not have the benefit of multiple generations of stars before them, only maybe a couple of generations of stars, enriching their heavy element abundance. Gotcha. So we're Pop 1, those are Pop 2. And someone right. said, well, let's imagine a Pop 3, which would be the very first stars, and they have no heavy elements at all. Right. So, we are, by this measure, a third generation um, Star system, And if a star born today, we might call that Pop, pop 4. Uh, no, am I doing it the right way? No, Pop I'm 0 sorry.
0: Pop zero, right? Yeah,
1: we might call it Pop yeah. Zero. We should have probably and, number, numbered it the other way, but it's the other late.
0: way, so we could keep going. Yeah, <laughs> keep I, going. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the stars that look like cute little boys that make girls screams would be K-pop. I'm sorry, I didn't. I shouldn't have done that. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. <laughs> what? <laughs> I just I just took my daughter to two, a K- and pop d- Yeah, I took my daughter to a. It was crazy. It was. I I went to a K-pop concert not too long ago, and there, there it is. you're absolved, and I'm and I'm scarred. That's what it is. You're absolved. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like,
2: hey, we came to play?
0: Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic, because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, plus and situations.
0: All right, let's go back to our questions. And this is Ryan A. He says, greetings, Neil. Greeting your lordship. My r- this is Ryan from Ontario, Canada here. Neil, you once said you had an answer to the simulation theory where either we are first or the last in the series and since we haven't invented the ability yet it can't be real however what if the simulation is not produced by our species but another in the universe thanks for making my brain bigger every week neil so there you go that's ryan a who wants to know are well, yeah. you so saying if someone else is just creating us that's fine
1: however it only it only works as something that's, that's scary if it's self-propagating, all right? right. That's, that's the whole idea here. If the original authentic universe creates a model, a, you know, a, a computer universe, and that they, they believe they have free will, so then they create one, and they right. create one, and is that all the way down until the last one, which hasn't evolved yet to create one. So this is a real universe creating
0: fake universes. Right. What you're saying is you want... Just a super-intelligent species that has supercomputers, they're all quantum, and that's they're That's fine, but then they just
1: make it. us, they have to make a different one, and they make another one, and that's right. that's more effort. So, yeah, it could yeah. be. I'm, I'm not denying okay. that, but right. that, that, that you don't get this sort of runaway effect where everybody's making versions of itself within their own computing system.
0: Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, your way is more fun, is what you're saying. (laughs) All right, this is uh, Joe Ingracia, and Joe Ingracia says this. Hey, Neil, hey, Chuck, Uh, this is Joe from Missouri. If you're in space where you are not affected by any gravity, how do you know if you're going up, down, left, right, or any direction if you don't have any instruments to tell you? Okay, first
1: of all... Nobody said there's no gravity in space. This is one of the biggest delusions that pervades our culture and our storytelling. Yeah, Joe, why are you so delusional? (laughs) You go into space en route to the moon, you can't say there's no gravity there because what do you think the moon is orbiting? Right. Okay. The moon feels our gravity, and is in orbit around us. This whole notion that space has no gravity comes about because because of the way we travel between destinations in space. You know how we do it? I'm going to head for Mars. I'm going to fire my engines right now, cut them off, and coast to Mars. If you're coasting anywhere in the universe, you are weightless. Period. But if you turn on the engines, you're going to feel some G-forces, and that G basically counts as weight according to your body. So you have weight that way. You, you, um, that's if you want to get anywhere fast. And what was the film that, where they had the moon pirates, That crazy film, uh, Ad Astra in the film, Ad Astra. Yes. I think Brad, Brad Pitt was that. Uh, it that was, was in Brad there. Pitt. Yeah, yeah. 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 So they had these scenes where everyone's just weightless in their spaceship, even though the engines are firing. Right. So, sorrow is their belief that being in space makes you wait. So, that's the first point. Second, down, it's whichever direction you're falling. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. That's funny. That's,
0: right? That's funny. <laughs> so, if
1: you're coasting towards the moon, down is towards the moon. Right. All right. I think it's that simple.
0: There you go. That's really that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's yeah. very That's simple to find it, out. And sense. Mm-hmm. all right. Super cool. Super cool. All right, here we go. This is Walker Foland, and Walker Foland says, "Hello, Dr. Tyson, Lord Nice." This is Walker Foland from West Branch, Michigan. Recently, nice. I read that the fabric, the fabric of space-time, may be wormholes that be t- that are entangled between par- particles. Is it possible, that like the the, like the previous the, question, like the that previous this question, is getting around? People are, people are people are on to this, man. Uh, is it possible the correlation of mass and gravitational pull have to do with the number of entangled particles that are particles that are in that mass? In other Ooh. words, the more dense a body is, the more entangled particles it has. Therefore, the more micro wormholes would go to that mass. Could this explain the very nature of gravity and why its relation? and its relation to time. I imagine that wormholes would act as a conduit for mass to accumulate. I would love to hear your thoughts. Wow. I got to think mm. about that. I got to, th- you know, we
1: do, we'll hold that question next time we bring a uh, uh, drag Brian Green Yeah, the, exactly. <laughs> into a cosmic <laughs> craze. Uh, so yeah. what he's saying is, if the wormholes are part of the fabric of space and time, and wormholes can attract objects to them, Right not only other wormholes, but just more stuff. Could that, in fact, be what causes gravity? And right. I don't have exactly. a good answer for that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't an that's, pretty, that's a pretty wild question, bro. I got to give it to you. Uh, well, That's how about wild. Margaret Berry here? Uh, so now we got to have Brian Green on. Thanks for giving us a reason to have <laughs> yeah, Brian, back. <laughs> no, Brian back. Have Brian back. Okay, uh, here's Margaret Berry. She says, hi, Chuck. Hi, Neil. Uh, it, this is Margaret from North Carolina. My question is this. If all forms of energy have both particle and wave attributes, doesn't this itself define string theory? Ooh. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) And that's our show, people. Thank you so much.
1: (laughs) Uh, Strings are are one-dimensional concentrations of energy living in a higher dimension. And yes, they vibrate, and depending on how they vibrate, they will manifest as one kind of particle or another. A wave, however, is not a string. Right. Okay? It's just not. So I don't know that you can connect the wave, the wave particle duality string. with
0: right. the string
1: that you'd find in string theory. Yeah, I
0: don't think you yeah. can do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go, Margaret. I mean, it was a nice try. I get Nice it. try? <laughs> that was a nice try, Margaret. She was like, I'm on to something. Oh, Let me tell you. <laughs> like, listen, I figured out the string theory. <laughs> 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 no, that was that was a very cool, very cool market. Thank you. All right, that's all we have. So those are
1: uh, Patreon members at five dollars a month.
0: Get that's your right. access to this. So that's all you.
1: Listen, people, and uh, I think those numbers too. are growing.
0: So people, I uh, maybe this
1: uh, was the carrot that everybody needed. I don't know, but
0: yeah, the the numbers are growing. For those of you who want to uh, uh, submit your questions, go to patreon.com dot com and uh, sign up for the five dollar uh, level the tier Mm -hmm. and uh for that for the cup for the price of a cup of coffee uh you can go ahead and be a part of our patreon family all right that's all the time we got for it chuck all righty all
1: right this has been a uh, star talk cosmic queries grab bag edition always fun neil degrasse tyson here as always keep looking out